listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tbcweb.com. Hey everybody, I just want to take a minute to introduce our speaker to you today here at TVC. He's no stranger to our church. Many of you have seen him, but for those of you who may be visiting or here for the first or second time, we're really encouraged today to have Leonard McElveen. Leonard works for Mel Trotter Ministries up in the Grand Rapids area, a tremendous ministry serving homeless folks and, and folks that are going through the challenges of life but people who bear the DNA, the fingerprints of God. Leonard has a great personal story of growing up over on the East Coast, that's where I grew up, in the Bronx, and uh, prior to his encounter with Jesus. He was a drug dealer, lived life on the streets, and then had an encounter with God. Since then, God has used him at Mel Trotter, in pastoral ministry, and literally hundreds of lives have been changed. Uh, He's married to his wife and they have six beautiful children and four grandchildren. I'd like you to join me in welcoming Leonard McElveen. Thank you. It is an honor to be here with you. And uh, as Dan said, I'm a former drug dealer and uh, someone who really wasn't looking for God. And so if you're here tonight and you're not really sure if you should be looking for God or not, I want to encourage you if you're online and you're not sure about God or if you should actually be looking for God. I couldn't actually make heads or tails out of any of it. But I just want you to know that God is looking for you. And God had a plan for me when I didn't even have a plan for myself. And now I've been serving God now in ministry for 47 years. I'd say it stuck. Yeah, I'd say it probably stuck a little bit. But anyway, I'm so grateful, and I just give all the praise and the glory and the honor to God. And I also thank you for being here uh, with us. Thank you for being with us online. Uh, I want to share a little story with you, and then I want to go into our scripture for tonight. Uh, The story is that uh, I heard about an 85-year-old woman, and she went out on a blind date with a 92-year-old man. And she came home frustrated, and her daughter said, Mom, what's wrong? She said, I had to slap him three times. She said, he didn't get fresh with you, did he? She said, no, I thought he died. (laughs) I thought it was funny, too. So I want to share something with you tonight that I think is very, very important, and I don't care where you're at, whether you're here with us live or whether you're listening to us online, I think it is one of the most perplexing things that most of us deal with as human beings. We live on this planet, we don't get an owner's manual, and no one ever shows us how to deal with our minds. 
We don't even understand our minds. You know, the English word for mind doesn't really clarify. Actually, there are 16 parts to the mind. But who tells you that? And then those could be breaking down to four parts. But who tells you that? That's why sometimes you have a mind to do something very intelligent. And then later on, ladies, you have a mind to do something that's the stupidest thing in the world. So I want to share a passage of Scripture from the Apostle Paul. And I would say the Apostle Paul, having been a serial killer and then turned around and gotten a renewed mind to actually live a sacrificial life for the gospel, he probably knows something about what it takes to change the mind. So I think it would be very good for us to not just listen to this as the Bible, but listen to this as someone with experience who wants to share with us something about what it's going to take for us to have the mind in us that was in Christ Jesus so that we can become the people that God made us to be so that we can do the things that God wants us to do and we can exist in a way in which the world is not blowing us one way and the other all different ways, mind going one direction this minute, that direction next minute, that direction next minute, that direction next minute, and we wake up one day and can't figure out why we're not getting anywhere. <laughs> Amen. Come on, help me out. I was in Hawaii. I was lounging on the beach. You notice the tan I got? So Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So we're talking about something that God has given to us by mercy. Mercy is not something that you've earned, but it is something that you have. It's just like this platform. This platform is an opportunity, but you got to bring something to the platform. Okay. To offer your bodies, say offer your bodies. You're not going to like the next part. As a living sacrifice. Now Thomas Jefferson cut that part out of the Bible. Unfortunately, we don't get to take parts out of the Bible. You know what a sacrifice is. That's where you lose something. And a dead sacrifice is one thing. If we're going to kill a pig and sacrifice the pig for the 4th of July, that's one thing. But how about me still living and I've got to sacrifice something while I'm living? Somebody say, ouch. That's going to hurt a little bit. I'm not going to get my way. Okay, let's keep going. It's just the Bible. 
a living sacrifice, holy. So the sacrifice has to be separated from the way that I am, the way that I see things, the way that I understand what I want, what I know, and what I think. It's got to be separated from that and then put in a holy place over here so that God can do something brand new. I wish there was a different way. I'd preach a different sermon if there was. Okay, let's keep going. I ain't got to the heart of what I want to talk about yet. Which is holy, set apart, separate, set apart by God, for God, to be like God. Okay. And pleasing to God. So if you're wondering if you're pleasing to God, what are you giving up? Just let the question deepen. Okay. Pleasing to God, this is your true and your proper worship. Now, I'm telling you, I love the worship here. And I love it when we get caught up into the presence of God. I love the songs. I mean, I love worship. That's great worship. But the best possible worship is when I give up my drug-dealing behavior. Uh-huh. My manipulative behavior, my self-centeredness, I always got to win. I got to make the most money and have the best car and have the best house and have the best woman. That might have to go. Okay. Let's get to the heart of the message. Everybody feel good? You still with me? This is going to get good. Open your heart. This is going to get really good. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, let's just talk about this for a second. What exactly is the mind. Let me give you a definition for the mind that you're probably not going to hear very often, but I brought it all the way from Hawaii. So the mind, one part of the mind, the most dominant part that we struggle with the most, the Apostle Paul says, the thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, I end up doing that. Who's going to save me from this wretched body of death that I find myself in? And then, and then he goes into the next verse and says, There is now therefore no con condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who have that mind within them. So your mind is an accumulation of impression. 
Boys and girls, I thought of you tonight and I brought Play-Doh. I know it's not really great Play-Doh, but it's Play-Doh nonetheless. I'll take it over to this side. I didn't get much of a response over there. <laughs> Boys and girls, I brought you Play-Doh. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that your mind's like Play-Doh, but I, this is a sermon illustration. <laughs> so if you take this Play-Doh and the Play-Doh, we tried to smooth it out the best that we could. Your mind is an accumulation of impressions over the course of your life. And when you have those accumulation of impressions over a period of time, let me kind of show you what happens. So let's just say I was raised like this. So me and my wife arguing about how we got to do Thanksgiving because this is how we did it at our house. Okay? So I was raised like this, and so I got an impression in the Play-Doh. If I habitually keep making that impression, then I better find somebody that I'm going to marry that fits into that same impression. Otherwise, we're going to be arguing about whether we squeeze the toothpaste from the end or from the middle. I'm just keeping it practical. And when you have that accumulation of impressions habitually over a long period of time, people will come to me all the time and say, well, I got three options and I'm trying to figure out what God wants me to do. And then what they do is they got this impression and then they got another friend that's got the same impression that they got and they find the person that got the same accumulation or a similar level of accumulations that they have, and they all come to a conclusion to marry the serial killer. <laughs> His teeth are white. <laughs> when we create these impressions habitually over a long period of time, we create an idea. Identity. That's why I don't like this and I don't like that. I like this, but I don't like that. You only like it because you've been following in this impression. I'm not saying you shouldn't like it, but actually you should learn to love all of life. If you stay in this impression for too long, you know what it creates? You ever heard of a rut? I can only get along with people that's got the same impressions that I got. Somebody comes along, they don't have the same impression I got, they must be evil. So now we have this identity issue that's going on with our mind. 
Now, the Bible says, don't be conformed to the impressions that you picked up somewhere along the way. Now, you need impressions when you're a child because when we're kids, and that's not the kids who are here, but when we were kids, we were stupid. We needed somebody to create an impression so that we didn't do something to kill ourselves. You have to have that to stay alive. It's called a survival tool. But this stuff should not be mastering you. It should be your servant. Your mind should be serving you through transformation. God wants to come on the scene, make you into a new person, and wipe out the impression. But you can't, the impression can't be wiped out if you're not willing to sacrifice it. He's not going to take it from you. He'll let you know that it's not working. And so I simply say, sit down with yourself for five minutes and come to a conclusion, is my life filled with joy or is my life filled with misery? And if you don't come to a conclusion that your life is filled with joy and well-being, but it's filled with misery, frustration, regret, sorrow, I wish I could do better, I wish things were different, I wish we were in a different place, I wish my marriage was different, I wish my community was different, I wish the world was different. If you come to that conclusion, at some point, you got to do an accountant's job. And an accountant simply sits down and takes a look at what might be causing the problem. Is it some impression that somebody gave me along the way? I can tell you right now, I became a drug dealer because I got impressed by people who were using drugs and selling drugs. And my uncle made a ton of money selling drugs. And I saw all the cars and the houses. And boy, I saw that gigantic impression he had right there. And then there was dollar signs just crashing all through the middle right there. And I went down that road. But it's not the only way to go. And God came along and wiped that out and gave me a new piece of Play-Doh. Listen, you can have a new piece of you can have a new piece of play-doh every day that you get up. Do you realize that over a million people died last night? But you didn't. You should get up in the morning and say, why? And the reason why you're not gone is because God says, listen, I'm giving you a chance to see that your conforming is not bringing you well-being. It's not bringing you the joy that I created for you to have. You don't have the personal fulfillment. And I'm telling you right now, you don't need anybody's impressions 
for you to be okay. God can make you okay without any external stimulus. And until God can make you okay in here without external stimuli, you're always going to be looking for external stimuli to solve a war that's going on up here. And I'd like to tell you that you just have two people up here. I used to tell people this all the time. In AA, they say it all the time. You got one bad dog on this side that's always been telling you the wrong thing to do, and then you got one good dog on this side that's always telling you the wrong, the right thing to do, and you just got to choose the right dog. I've come to a conclusion now that there's a crowd of people inside of my head. There's an apathetic person, there's a committed person, there's a person that loves excellence, there's a person that loves the path of least resistance, there is a disciplined person there, and then there's a person that just loves to sit on the couch. <laughs> they all in there. So it ain't just one or two choices. And a lot of it is dependent on the external stimulus. But God says, listen, I want to renew your mind. Do not be conformed to the pattern that maybe you picked up, that maybe your friends accidentally gave to you. They weren't intending to give it to you, but they just gave it to you from natural human contact. That the stuff that you picked up from school, the bad, the bad vibes that you've picked up from people who didn't like you or didn't like something about you because their impression was different than your impression. And I'm saying, we don't have time. Your life is short. We don't have time to spend time on things that do not bring us into a state of well-being where we will be able to easily do what God has called us to do. And if you're making decisions that are not working, let's fix the decision maker. Let's fix the problem. Because the problem's not out there. The problem's in here. And I got to get things settled in here. And if I'm going to live on this planet, I need to know more about this and this. Your mind's a wonderful thing, but it's just a tool. It's just like your foot. Your foot's a wonderful thing, but your foot can't be your mind. Your hand's a wonderful thing, but your hand can't be your mind. Your mind is a marvelous tool if it's in the right hands. <laughs> God gave it to you. It's a marvelous thing. But you're not supposed to be a slave to every impression you have ever seen. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then here's the last part of the verse, and I'm closing. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, 
You won't be confused. You will be able to clearly see in every situation that you get yourself into what God wants from you. And when we don't have that, all of life confuses us. We don't know what to pick. There's just so much craziness going on. Allow God to clean the slate of the impressions that have come along from all of your life so that he can put some brand new impressions that'll make you look like him, feel like him, sound like him, talk like him, think like him. Oh, they call it amazing grace. All right, let's pray. So Lord, we indeed thank you for the fact that you love us so much you, you died on the cross so that we could have new life. Jesus said that if you want to be my disciple, you must die. Take up your cross and then follow me. Lord, help us not to try to follow you without dying. Because that creates religion. Help us try not to follow you without taking up our cross because without the cross, there is no sacrifice. And we are welcome on the journey, but all the baggage that we bring is not welcome. And Lord, I thank you that you made it this way and you also made a way for us to accomplish it. I just thank you for the amazing people here, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that as they go into the time right after this, Lord, that you will take them into a clarity and an understanding of what's happening in their minds like they have never seen it before. And when they see that, Lord, I pray that they are, they'll just stop and sacrifice it to you. I pray that for the people who are listening online as well, that they will get a clarity about their thoughts and begin to see that there's a crowd of people in there and they only need to be one. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, listen, thank you guys for having me. It's just really a privilege to be with you. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tvcweb.com.